The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with all of you. Amen. We meditate on the word of God recorded in the book of Genesis, the 15th chapter, beginning at the first verse. After this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your very great reward. But Abram said, O sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless? And the one who will inherit my estate is Eliezer of Damascus. And Abram said, You have given me no children, so a servant in my household will be my heir. Then the word of the Lord came to him, This man will not be your heir, but a son coming from your own body will be your heir. He took him outside and said, Look up at the heavens and count the stars, if indeed you can count them. Then he said to him, So shall your offspring be. Abram believed the Lord, and he credited it to him as righteousness. These are the words of our God. Dear friends in Christ, we probably all did it as children. On a clear, cloud-free night, we'd go out in the backyard and gaze at the stars. Stars are one of the most fascinating features of God's creation. Those little specks of light, million miles away, capture our attention. Did you ever try to count the stars? Some we see, many we don't. The total number of stars in both the northern and southern celestial hemispheres is about 6,000. On a clear night, the maximum number you could see would be 3,000. So what we view with the naked eye is merely a tip of the iceberg. The Lord uses the stars as a teaching tool in his lesson for Abraham, which is before us today. We want to sit in on the classroom. So let's accept the invitation the Lord extends and count the stars with Abraham. They tell of a faithful God and of a Savior God. The Lord had a plan to fulfill his primary promise to human beings with the gift of a savior. That plan was entrusted to one particular people, the descendants of Abraham. The Lord told Abraham to travel some 500 miles to the southwest from his homeland of Haran, to the land that God would show him. Then the Lord made a series of promises to Abraham. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. But there's a problem. Abraham is 75 years old, and his wife, Sarah, 65. They have no children. Now fast forward 10 years. Abraham's 85, Sarah's 75. They still have no children, and the biological clock is ticking. 
From a human standpoint, their hope of having a descendant was growing less and less likely. How could Abraham be the father of a great nation and have a name that's great when he doesn't have a single descent? So Abraham pleads to the Lord, O sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless and the one who will inherit my estate is Eliezer of Damascus? In Abraham's mind, the Lord's promise can't possibly come to fruition unless he has a descendant. It looks like his servant, Eliezer, is going to inherit his estate. The Lord doesn't respond to Abraham's fear, doubt, and lack of faith with a tongue lashing. Instead, the Lord reaffirms his promise to him. This man will not be your heir, but a son coming from your own body will be your heir. Then the Lord turns the sky he has created into an impromptu classroom. Look up at the heavens and count the stars, if indeed you can count them. Then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. If we were to peek ahead and turn a few pages, we'd see how God made good on his promise. When Abraham was 100 years old and Sarah 90, the Lord blessed them with a son named Isaac. Isaac had two sons, Jacob and Esau. From Jacob come the 12 sons that form the 12 tribes of Israel. Even before the descendants of Abraham inherited the land of Canaan, they became a great nation. We're told at the time of the Exodus, the Israelites journeyed from Ramses to Succoth. There were about 600,000 men on foot besides women and children. A conservative number of Abraham's descendants at this time, including women and children, would be two million. God made good on his promise. Abraham's physical descendants, as well as his spiritual descendants, those who hold the faith of Abraham, are as numerous as the stars in the sky. The stars are the visual reminder of God's faithfulness to his promises. At this point in his life, Abraham was driven by fear. How about you? Has fear caused you to doubt God's will and ability to fulfill his promises to you? Maybe you are afraid of what you're going to lose, just as Abraham was afraid of what he might not get. If you're a senior, maybe you're fearful of losing your health and independence. You wonder what's going to happen to you if you can no longer take care of yourself. If you're middle-aged, you may be fearful of unemployment. You speculate, what's going to happen to me if I lose my job? How am I going to provide for myself and my family? If you're a young person, you're fearful about your economic future. Or you wonder how you, as a Christian, are going to be able to survive in a world that's getting more and more ungodly. Our fears are bound to gain traction when we take our eyes away 
from the promises of our Lord. While our doubts and fears merit a divine head slap, the Lord treats us the same way he treated Abraham. He says, count the stars, the stars of my promises. Are you fearful the Lord won't supply your material needs? Look at the star of his promise of preservation, which enables you to say with David, I was young and now I am old, yet I have never seen the righteous forsaken or their children begging bread. Are you fearful of personal harm? Look at the star of his protection, for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Are you fearful the Lord will abandon you? Look at the star of his abiding presence. God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. Count the stars and you will conclude that they tell of a faithful God who keeps his promises to you just as he did to Abraham. He especially keeps one particular promise by which God shows himself to be the Savior God. In the cluster of promises God made to Abraham, one merits closer scrutiny. All peoples on earth will be blessed through you. That's the promise of a Savior, a Savior which Abraham desperately needed. Shortly after God gave this series of promises, Abraham and Sarah had to flee to Egypt to escape a famine. Abraham was fearful that the Egyptians would kill him for his wife, so he had Sarah lie and say she was his sister. Abraham showed a lack of trust in God's ability to bless and protect them. Soon to follow would be another blatant sin on their part. Abraham and Sarah decided to take this matter of a descendant in their own hands. So Abraham fathered a son through Sarah's maid, Hagar. That wasn't God's plan. It's another example of Abraham's sinfulness for which he needed a savior who would come from his ancestral line. Abraham had a legitimate reason to fear God's punishment if that savior doesn't come. Are you and I any different? In spite of God's promises, which are as clear to us as the stars in the sky, we have our doubts and worries, and we act on our doubts and worries. We can close our eyes and shut out the promises God has made to us. We can manufacture a thick cloud of doubt to conceal those promises. We share Abraham's need for the God who saves. Count the stars and see one special star in one special promise, a promise of a savior that God would bring to all people. The Lord presented the initial promise of a savior 
within the framework of a family line. He promised to send the offspring of the woman who would crush the serpent's head. That offspring would come from Abraham's family tree. When God said to Abraham, do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your very great reward. He was addressing Abraham's greatest fear of not having a savior. The Lord provided him with spiritual security and with incalculable riches through the work of the Savior. This promise is the brightest star of all. In fact, the Old Testament prophecy even refers to the coming Savior as a star. A star will come out of Jacob. A scepter will rise out of Israel. What was Abraham's response to the Lord's astronomy lesson? Abram believed the Lord, and he credited it to him as righteousness. Don't misunderstand this statement to mean that somehow Abraham earned God's righteousness by calling on the Lord. We've already established Abraham lacked the righteousness God demands. Abraham simply believed God's promise to provide him with a savior. And God made good on that promise. We know from history what Abraham only knew through divine promise. That savior is Jesus Christ, who lived a righteous life for us, made the righteous sacrifice for our sin, and now clothes us with his righteousness. The savior alone secures this righteousness. And through spirit-worked faith, people like Abraham and we benefit from it. Abraham believed the Lord. Literally, he said amen to God's promises. You and I do the same when we simply take God at his word. Oh, you won't find those promises in the sky, but you will find them in the Bible. Do you want to have a stronger subjective faith? Then continue to build on the sure and unchanging object of your faith, the words and promises of God. As the stars faithfully shine in the nighttime sky, so the Lord will faithfully keep all of the promises he makes to you. He turns your attention to them when he says, so do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Modern technology has only made counting the stars more challenging. It is a testimony to the wonder of God's creation that we now know that there are millions of stars in the sky, many millions of miles away from planet Earth. Like the stars, we can say that God's promises to us are not limited in quality or in quantity. They lead us to say, because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For his compassions never fail. 
They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Amen.